I've been telling you for years about steel product. If you need power tools to help around the yard, to help when you go camping, to uh, help your lawn, to help prune trees, to help blow snow, to help blow leaves, you name it, steel has got it. S-T-I-H-L. Go to steelusa.com and you will see a plethora of great tools Often they are battery operated, which makes things so easy. That's the direction I always go. And you'll be amazed at how many different tools there are. Stuff you've never heard of. You go, I can use that. That will help me around my yard. And you got to go now because there are all kinds of sales going on for the holidays. Go to SteelUSA.com and pick out some presents for yourself or for Maybe your neighbor or your cousin or your uncle or whomever. You're going to get a great deal on it right now, and it's going to be a great gift for yourself or for someone else. And as I said, uh, the prices right now are great. All kinds of deals going on. Go to SteelDealers.com to find the local dealer nearest you, more than 10,000 around the country. It's Steel, S-T-I-H-L. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, show hey to the Dodgers. $700 million. Drew is breaking down the deal and the repercussions. A game-changing offsides call against Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is under fire for his reaction, but not from Drew. I've got no issue with it. The Lakers win the in-season tournament and Drew is celebrating. I can give a shit about the in-season tournament. Plus, the Broncos roll and the CSU basketball winning streak comes to an end. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast. Wherever you find podcasts and tell Adam Silver, this is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to show number 231. Glad, as always, that you are along and coming to you from a little vacation down in uh, one of my favorite spots in the world, Captiva Island on the west coast of Florida. So guess what? We're going to talk about a couple of subjects today, and then I'm going to get on out of here. That's what I'm going to do. No guest today. We're going to be guest-free today, but we got a couple of hot topics. It begins in baseball with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I have so many um, different thoughts on this one, and I guess it begins like for all of you, $700 million. Kidding me? $700 million, the largest contract ever in sports larger than Lionel Messi got I guess with what FP Barcelona larger than Patrick Mahomes 450 million in the NFL larger than Otani's former teammate Mike Trout when he signed for what 426 and change so after you get past the money you go okay well what's this thing gonna look like well I want to stay in the money though for a second Because CBS has reported, and we hope that this is accurate, that he is actually going to defer $680 of it to when the deal's done. So between 2034 and 2043, $680 million, not with interest, today's dollars, will be paid to Shohei Otani. So he'll get $68 million a year beginning in 2034. They're going to only pay him. $2 $2 million a year right now to play for the Dodgers. And evidently, that was his idea. So they had money 
to pay other players to make other moves. And of course, they already have Mookie Betts, they already have Freddie Freeman. So now you have three of the very, very best players, top five, top seven, however you want to calculate it, in all of baseball on the same roster. The other thing I think about with this, it guarantees you nothing. Shohei Otani has never played in the postseason. Shohei Otani was partnered down the road in Anaheim with another guy who will go down as one of the all, all, all-time greats, naturally, in Mike Trout. Guarantees you nothing. They never played in the playoffs. Next year, Shohei Otani is, I was going to say, a very expensive DH, but he's not a very expensive DH, only making $2 million, but it's going to be expensive down the road. He'll pitch again in 2025. No guarantees what it'll look like or for how long. He's Fun to watch when he pitches. He's great. Strikes out, you know, batters at an extremely high rate. Guys don't hit him for a high batting average, very low batting average, one of the lowest in baseball. He's phenomenal. He's all the things we know. And it still guarantees you nothing. See the top three payrolls for all those people barking about payroll. And I understand it. I understand it. It's only a few people that could even play in the Otani sweepstakes. You know the names of those teams, the Mets, the Yankees, Toronto. Get to Toronto in a second. The Dodgers. Top three payrolls in baseball last year. I've mentioned this on this podcast a a number of times now. Last year, record-setting payroll for the New York Mets under Steve Cohen. The Yankees, San Diego Padres. We all know what they all had in common. They all watched, just like you and I did, the playoffs on television. They were not involved. The Dodgers, for all of the money they've spent, they have one world championship, and that, for many, comes with an asterisk because it happened after the truncated 2020 season in which only 60 games were played, there were no fans in the stands, etc. From a Rockies standpoint, well, good and bad, right? The Dodgers continue to get better. They continue to, at least on paper, separate themselves from the rest of the division. However, the good is, if you're a baseball fan, you're going to get to see Otani, because he's playing in the NL West, more than most fans will get to see him. And that's a treat. And maybe it means that much more when you're able to beat him. And yes, it probably means even more Dodger fans at Coors Field. And it just heightens... The idea, if you are the Colorado Rockies, that the way to compete, the way to get good is what they've done in the past on occasion, and that is put together homegrown guys that have elite talent and cobble together a pitching staff. That's how it has to be. We know that. Other thoughts on Shohei Otani. There are a number of people that reported, and and people that I have great respect for, people that are, quote, baseball insiders, people that are baseball journalists who make their living not only writing about the game and and following the moves that are made closely, reporting on those moves, reporting that certain moves have taken place. And with the winter meetings taking uh, center stage in the baseball world last week, very little now comes out of the winter meetings. But the one story everyone was following was where will Shohei Otani end up? And, you know, it was like, it's coming down to a handful of teams. Uh, We're reportedly going to know within a couple of days. 
personally, and I work in baseball, obviously, I could give a shit about all these headlines we're going to know in a couple of days. It's down to this team or that. I get it. If your team's in it, you're a fan of that team. I understand that. You want to read about, okay, we're we're supposedly one of the finalists. I, I do understand that. But at the end of the day, just tell me when he signs and be right about it. Be accurate. Because people had, who should know better, had Shohei Otani going to Toronto. He's in board a plane. He's en route to Toronto right now. And that was erroneous information. The other story, maybe the biggest story, and it was tied to Otani, that came out of the winter meetings was that Dave Roberts, when asked, had the Dodgers met with Otani, he paused for a moment, then he said, yes, we have. Like that was some great revelation. Of course they had. You knew the Dodgers were going to be in it. Just like the Yankees and potentially the Mets and Toronto. They were going to meet with him. The Atlanta Braves. One would assume all those teams had meetings with Otani and his representatives. But that alarmed the general manager of the Dodgers because Otani's camp supposedly had this rule, we want this to be highly secretive. We want any sort of interactions to be clandestine in nature. Come on, man. We know those teams were going to meet with them. Dave Roberts admitted that. And then there were many who said, the Dodgers just blew it. He's not going to sign with the Dodgers now because Dave Roberts broke the rules of engagement. Really? Three days later, guess where he signed? The Dodgers. Because it's always about the money. And I think, quite frankly, he was comfortable on the West Coast for a myriad of reasons, maybe $700 million ultimately, he ends up with the Dodgers. So that was a big non-story. You also wonder how often these things work out, these long-term, huge dollar deals. Most of the time, they don't. See the former Angel and one of the greatest right-handed hitters ever in Albert Pujols, who had a, a decade-plus in St. Louis that if you look at just those 10, 11 years with the Cardinals, you could make an argument that they were as great an offensive decade as we've ever seen. And then he went to the Angels. He was okay initially, and then it got to the point where finally the Angels just released him and ate the last couple of years. And that's, as you know, when Pujols became a Dodger briefly and and rightfully finished his career where it began in St. Louis and in some special moments with all the home runs he hit down in September, uh, in September to eclipse the 700 home run mark. But most of these long-term, highly lucrative deals don't work. I will say this, the World Series this year pitted the Texas Rangers against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, Texas went out, I don't want to say they bought a World Series, but they went out and and some of their big dollar deals did pay off. $300 million or so to Corey Seager. He was fabulous. Marcus Simeon, fabulous. Big dollars to sign him from Toronto. They went and, and paid money for Evaldi, for the former Rocky, Jonathan Gray. So they spent a lot of money and it did work. So you can't say it never works. The other side of the coin, though, was the team they played in the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
mostly homegrown guys or guys acquired by virtue of trades of homegrown guys. You know, Perdomo at short, Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, um, you know, Carroll, Corbin Carroll. I mean, these are these are guys that, you know, were not big dollar guys and they want. And every year we point out what a great job Tampa does with a shoestring budget. And it's instructive for virtually every team in baseball, but certainly for the Rockies, who are never going to be able to play in the pitching free agent sweepstakes. The Angels, here's something else to keep in mind about this $700 million. And and also from Otani's perspective, saying, why would he just take $2 million? Well, he makes over $40 million in endorsements right now off the field. That's only going to grow. The Dodger name nationally and internationally is much, much larger than the Los Angeles Angels name. The Angels were making a reported 10 to $20 million in Japanese advertising because Otani played for them. What will that be to the Dodgers? I mean, does it double? Does it triple? I mean, there, there's an economic equation that, you know, Dodgers have a lot of you know, smart people in their employ. And one would assume that they did the math, and the math, even though that number is enormous, uh, will work out ultimately uh, in their favor. The other aspect of this that I thought about, this is going to further do damage or make the upcoming CBA negotiations. The CBA will end after the 26th season, and it just seems like we lost a week of the season, ultimately got it back with the contentious uh, negotiations of the CBA from just a couple of seasons ago. The baseball union, the Players Association, is the strongest union in all of sports. We know that. It's always been the case. And they're going to lose they're going to use Otani's contract as exhibit 1A that we can't go backwards in terms of money, that there's there's you know teams who are ripe with cash. And you're being dishonest when you say you're losing money. And I would tell you that with what's happened in the local television business, the RSN business, the regional sports network business, it's real for the vast majority of teams. You have Bally's in Chapter 11. Major League Baseball last year took over the Diamondbacks and the Padres, their broadcasts. They're going to take over a lot more this year. AT&T, whom I worked for, that became Warner Discovery. They got out of the RSN business. It used to be a cash cow, but with everyone cutting the cord, it changed so dramatically that they got out and the teams who made phenomenal amounts of money in their local deals with television don't have those any longer. They'll recoup some dollars, but it won't be, at least in the near term, at the same level or close to the same level that they were getting and assumed they were going to get through the lifetime of these contracts. That's real. And so I think we're headed for 
another difficult negotiation between the owners and the players when that deal expires at the end of 2026. Don't want to be the uh, harbinger of bad things, but I, I just don't see it any other way. On to football. Patrick Mahomes seems to have drawn a lot of people's ire after the Chiefs lost to the Bills, and the Bills benefited from an offensive offsides call, which you literally almost never see, on Kadarius Toney, and it wiped out a phenomenal play, like the greatest play you'll ever see that didn't count. The pass to Travis Kelsey, and then Kelsey cuts across the field and then throws you know, a perfect pass, and Kelsey's a former quarterback. He went to Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, initially as a quarterback, to Kadarius Toney, who was the guilty party, and Toney uh, runs into the end zone. And after the game, and this is why Mahomes has taken so much grief, after the game, Mahomes hugs up on his good friend, Josh Allen, and is caught by a microphone saying, that was the worst effing call ever. And so people, naturally on social media, were saying, what a poor loser, and he didn't show Josh Allen um, you know, proper respect, he didn't congratulate him on a great game. They're good friends. He was showing in the heat of competition, from my perspective, his frustration. And then a few minutes later, when he took the podium to address the throngs of media covering that game, he had this to say. I mean, it's I mean, obviously tough to swallow. I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. It's, I mean, they're human, men. They make mistakes. But I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something. And all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys. That's what we did. And it was a great football game. Another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. I've got no issue with it. I've got no issue with how Patrick Mahomes handled this. Anybody that knows anything about football and played at any level knows if you are a wideout, you look to your left or to your right, to the side judge or to the linesman to make sure if you are supposed to be on the line of scrimmage, if you're an end, that you're on the line of scrimmage, if you're supposed to be in the backfield, that you're a yard off. The official always helps you. Maybe he'll wave you back a little bit or wave you forward a little bit. Sometimes they'll yell out your number and say 82, back up a little bit. Because it's not an infraction they want to call because it does not ever really affect the play from a defensive perspective. And that's why he was so enraged talking about Patrick Mahomes. And for those that say, you know, here he is, he's an elitist, he wants every call. And, and I know Bronco fans said, you know, showed a couple of, of plays that went his direction over the years. Again, I come back to he's a competitor in the heat of a game. He's also the same guy who a week earlier, when a pass interference call was not called that would have benefited the Chiefs at the end of the game, refused to blame the officials. Said, no, it's on us. Comes down to, well, there's, there's plenty more plays in the game. I'm not going there. I'm not blaming it on the officials. We need to be better. We need to, you know, all, all of the 
the things that people would say he's supposed to say. He did. And in my book, I have great respect for officials. I think at the highest level, it's so damn difficult. The best athletes in the world and every sport moving so darn quickly, it's hard to keep up. But I've said this so many times. The NFL has become a flag fest too frequently, and it makes it less enjoyable to watch. I want to see the players play. Unless it's egregious pass interference, unless it's an egregious hold on the line of scrimmage, don't throw the flag. And I think it just came pouring out of Patrick Mahomes in the aftermath of that loss. Was he frustrated in the near term and maybe the long term? Absolutely. They haven't played great lately. They've lost four of their last six games. They've lost four of their last six games. And so it it came out. But we know this much about Patrick Holmes. Not only is he phenomenally great, all-time great, whether you're a Chiefs fan or not, you're tuning in when he's on if you're a football fan of any measure. You want to watch him play, just like I want to watch Josh Allen play. Everything that that kid has done, he's done in a first-class manner. He's charismatic. He's engaging. He's bright. He's a handsome kid. He's got a beautiful smile. The hell's did not like about Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to beat him up because as a competitor, he was pissed off after a game and he and he actually let it out. I got no issue with that. And the play, what a what an ad lib by Travis Kelsey. And he felt terrible for for Kelsey, who's his best friend. And he realizes his greatness. And he said, what all of you want, let the game be decided by the players. Let the games be decided by the players. Broncos, good win, man. They did as they should have done. They beat a bad team that's been beat up in the Chargers, and they won convincingly. Good bounce-back performance for Russell Wilson. And the Broncos stay relevant. So good for the Broncos. Oh, the Lakers. Hold on. That's me applauding. That's me applauding right now. The Lakers are your in-season tournament champions in the first ever in-season NBA tournament. You listen to the podcast last week? I can give a shit about the in-season tournament. And I know some people who were skeptical early on have given it high marks. I just... uh, I, I don't get it. By the way, when's the parade? When's the parade uh, on Sunset Boulevard? Or are they going to do it in Pasadena in conjunction with with the Rose Bowl, with the Rose Bowl parade? There's going to be there's going to be a parade, right? They're the in season tournament champs. I don't know. I understand why Adam Silver did this, why he wanted it. When you're competing with the NFL and college football this time of year, make the games mean something. The game should always mean something. The elite teams have elite competitors, elite athletes that are always, hopefully, going to strap it up and put their best foot forward. I don't like when we have contrived competitions. We have guys in the NBA making $40, $50 million a year, and and they're going to get all fired up to make an extra half million. Just didn't do it for me. 
But congrats to the Lakers, by the way. Congrats. congrats. The, the Lakers won the first in-season tournament. Hope it's a great parade. College basketball. Colorado State lost to St. Mary's first loss of the year after beginning the year 9-0. Kind of saw this one coming. I was concerned about it. And I'm not trying to be a Monday morning quarterback. They were playing without uh, Jalen Lake, also strong, two of their top six. Uh, due to injury, they're going to be out into January. St. Mary's came in four and five. Great defense. They slowed the pace down. Uh, they're perennially a good team. Same conference as Gonzaga. In fact, this year the media picked St. Mary's to win that conference, not Gonzaga, though Gonzaga right now is 10th in the country. Uh, so you knew it was going to be a tough outing for Colorado State. They ended up losing 64 61. Uh, they'll be fine. They need to get uh, Lake and Strong back, as we talked about. Uh, but that one, mm, you kind of felt like that that could be a difficult one. They weren't going to go unbeaten, by the way. Last unbeaten team, the, the 76 Indiana Hoosiers, coached by Bobby Knight. And you learn something from defeat, as the cliche goes. Congrats to Tad Boyle in Colorado. They had two tough losses in their other two quote-unquote tough games. They lost in, in overtime to Florida State in a game I know they really regret. And then they had the game where they played exceptionally well, shot it better than 54% from the floor, played a high-level game in Fort Collins against Colorado State. Great, great basketball game. And CSU won by 588-83. So they, need, they needed a resume builder, and they got one going to Brooklyn, a few days ago, and knocking off the University of Miami, who came in eighth in the country, and they did it by a uh, large margin. So congrats to the Buffs. And they also did it without the sensational freshman, Cody Williams. He sat out. And it was great to see Tristan Da Silva leading the way. Tristan Da Silva, so talented, um, so smooth, but oftentimes in big games, he deferred too much. Oftentimes in big games, you didn't always notice him. I know Buff fans were a little critical of him uh, for his performance in Fort Collins against Colorado State. But he showed up in a big way against Miami. And again, shorthanded, the Buffs come up with their uh, biggest win of the year, knocking off eighth-ranked Miami. So it'll be uh, fun to see how they build on that. Told you we were going to be abbreviated uh, this week. Told you um, we were going to be guest-free. Well, for me, it's time to get back to uh, my vacation. I hope you all are doing well. I hope the holidays are going well for you. I hope the shopping is going well also. We'll do it again in seven days, folks. Stay well and so long from Captiva. Captiva.